Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John, the second chapter. Amen. All right, we good. Let's pray. (laughs) Help, Lord. Father, we're so thankful today, thankful for your word, thankful for your Holy Spirit who is our teacher and our guide. We believe that you're at work and you're faithful in all of our lives to, uh, to bring to pass your will, to make known your plans. And thank you, Lord, that as we walk in your will and in your plan, we shall experience your best on every side. Thank you for more than enough revelation, truth, understanding, and all we need in Jesus' name. Amen. First John chapter 2, verse 6. It reads, He who says... He abides in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. How are we to walk? Just as he walked. If you say you're a Christian, if you say you belong to the Lord, your walk ought to be the same as Jesus' walk. Now that's quite a tall order unless you understand how these things happen. Right. In other words, it would be totally unjust and unfair for the Lord to require us to say this is what you should do if it were out of our reach, if it were not possible for us to live that way. But we know this with the command comes the ability, comes the power, comes the grace that will enable us to do what he's called us to do. So he called us to walk. Amazing now, but. Just like Jesus, just like Jesus. And a lot of times people take Jesus out of a category of attainability from their life. They think, that's Jesus. You know, I can't certainly be just like him. Well, yeah, you can. We're supposed to. We're told to that if you say you're saved, walk like he walked. Amen. And you don't even have to, you know, you, you don't have to say what would Jesus do because we know what he did. You don't have to guess as to what, what would he do. We have a written record of what he did. We can do the very same things that he did. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go over to Colossians now. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 and verse 10. There's, this is a prayer here. And he prayed that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and so it's God's plan now that we again walk worthy of the Lord and to this extent that we can and should pray this to this end we should pray that we would walk worthy of the Lord that must be pretty important to the Lord if he gives us an an inspired record of a prayer that says, pray that your walk is worthy. He didn't say pray that you'd be worthy. He didn't say pray that, why? Because those in Christ are already worthy because of him. We're not a bunch of good for nothings. We're not a bunch of low lives, you know, worm of the dust, not, vat, not don't have any value. No, we've been created in his image and in his likeness and we are Ephesians, remember Ephesians 2, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, and so he's not saying, uh, you need to pray that you'd be worthy. No, he said, you need to pray that you would walk out who you are in him. Walk out the life of God. 
Now, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and verse 1. Ephesians 4 and verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. He urges us strongly to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. What is he saying? You need to walk worthy. You need to walk worthy. So we started a new series a couple weeks ago that we call Walk This Way. Walk This Way. This is not dealing with who you are in Christ. It's dealing with walking out who you are in Christ. It's not talking about having a relationship with God. It's talking about living out that relationship. And just the very fact that we're given these type of instructions, I guess it would uh, indicate that it is entirely possible for someone to be saved but not look saved. For someone to have something inside of them but their outward, um, their outward demonstration of that is totally whacked, totally messed up. And so what we want to do is have consistency. Our walk should be just like Jesus. It should be worthy of him. It should be worthy of the call. Worthy of the call. In other words, it should be the same. If I were to put it in colors, I might say it like this. If your call is blue, then your walk ought to be blue. If you have a red call... You should have a red walk. In other words, don't have a blue call on a red walk. Or a red call on a blue walk. That would be purple. (laughs) And we definitely don't want purple. (laughs) But we should have a consistency with who we are. That means we've got to know that. We've got to know what Jesus did, what his life was like, what his walk was like, so that we can walk in his footsteps. So that we can walk worthy of this call. And so what we're endeavoring to do is just take a look at the specific things that make a correct and worthy walk. All right. If you play golf, you probably understand that in even if you don't, you can understand (laughs) uh, that in golf, the very sometimes the very smallest tweaks can make such a major difference in where that ball goes. Sometimes it's a little weight shift. It's just a little, you know, just just a bunch of different things. That's why people, you know, there's, everyone hires a pro, and even the pros hire pros to analyze their swing. And you got to do this because, again, just sometimes a little minor adjustment, and all of a sudden your $6 ball is not in someone's yard. It's in the fairway. It's not in the water. You can hit it again. And, uh, and so these things are very valuable. But likewise, in our spiritual life, is it possible that we could make a little tweak here and there? That we can adjust our thinking and adjust our walk just a little bit and get completely different results. I'm convinced that's true. Because listen, every one of us that are saved, we're born of the same stuff. It's of God. We got the same spirit, the same word, the same salvation, the same blood of Jesus was shed for all of us. Yet some people are having drastically different results in life. I mean, some people pray and get stuff. Imagine that. Some people actually sow and reap. You know, some people are, are, are experiencing God on a completely different level than others. 
Yet he's the same towards all of us. He's no respecter of persons. Why do some people get such better results? Again, a lot of times it's just a little bit of tweaking here and there. They make adjustments when the Lord deals with them. They, they make changes and they acknowledge what God is saying to them and doing in their lives. Some people ignore God. Man, that's, I could almost talk about that. Uh, that's very common. I think we'd all acknowledge that we've probably done it before. But it's very common for people who are Christians to make all their decisions based upon what they want. They don't pray about stuff anymore. It's just like, well, this is what I want to do. This is what, and they make all their decisions completely based on pros and cons. And I like this, I don't like this. And, uh, and people don't seek the Lord anymore. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I think it's, it's essential that we have a mindset and an attitude that I am walking with Him and His will and His plan are more important to me than anything. I want the will of God established. I want His kingdom lifted. Come on, we've got to be seeking out His best. Then, then we'll hear from heaven. Hmm. Jesus spoke in one place of the person. He said, to the one who wants to know, who wills to do His will, He will know whether the doctrine I'm teaching is right or wrong. It's in the book of John. Now, I paraphrase that. But a lot of times people, they just don't really want to know. Well, I want this. I want to buy this, so I'm just going to do it. Really? No consideration as to whether the Lord might have insight into whether that would be a good purchase for you right now? <laughs> I want to live here. I want to marry this person. I want to do that. I want to go to this church. I want to be, you know, whatever. Just all kinds of decisions we make in life. Let's begin to consult Him. His plan will work for you. Man, people moving all around, doing all kinds of crazy stuff without consulting the Lord. And then wonder why things don't work. You know, the Lord is endeavoring to save us. <laughs> I'm not talking about eternal salvation. I'm talking about save us from a lot of junk in life. He really is because His grace is sufficient. I mean, and His love towards us is not, uh, like we said earlier, He's not a respecter of persons. He's consistent toward us. And he's endeavoring to keep us out of trouble. A friend of mine had a, had a young man in his church that was going down the wrong path. And he was really talented and gifted. But he was going down the wrong path and getting involved with drugs. And he would call him in and minister to him and try to help him. And, uh, and he would go get back into it again and get involved in some serious drug activity and became a manipulator of people around him and manipulating his family and and uh and at one point he finally um uh came to him and said hey you're either going to check into a program for a year or you're not coming to church here anymore because the guy was really messed up and he's really that might sound harsh but he's trying to save his life and he agreed to do it for a day and the next day changed his mind and got other people around him to support him because he was that way and didn't go in. Anyway, one too long later when he overdosed and was in a coma and people are praying, of course we would, you know, people are praying for his recovery, but he died, you know, and people wonder, well, why did that happen? 
You know, why, why did, why, why, why did this young man in his 20s, why, why did he die? Well, listen, God sent people to him. He even sent another man of God to him who gave him a word. And the service said, he said, if you continued on this path that you're going, you're going to die. I mean, that's pretty specific. A lot of times people blow stuff off like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, what? It's not like I'm going to die. <laughs> but he continued. He ignored the Lord and ended up paying for it. little tweak here and there. But let's make his plan and his purposes most important to our lives. When he deals with you, listen to that. Don't ignore it. Don't say, I don't hear that. You know, it's almost like, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, I know that sounds childlike, but Christians sometimes act childlike <laughs> with the Lord. We act like we don't know what we do know. Amen. He deals with us about something and we ignore it. And uh, let's not. He, he's, he's trying to help us. He's not, as they say, a cosmic killjoy, you know. He's not trying to ruin people's lives. He's trying to save us from a lot of harm. You live in God's will and plan, man, joy will be yours every day. You'll be satisfied no matter where you're at. Huh? I mean, most of us think, people think, I, I could be satisfied in Hawaii. <laughs> well, uh, naturally speaking, they might have some ideal climate, but how many know there's a lot of miserable people in Hawaii? There are, and there's miserable people here, and there's miserable people in Siberia, <laughs> but there's also happy people everywhere. There's people that, people that have learned how to tap into the satisfaction that comes from him, and, uh, and things work wherever they go. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Keep going like this, and I won't get to what I want to get to. But small changes can often make a major difference in where we end up. Uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Now let me ask you a question. Would it be okay? Is it New Testament correct and accurate to tell people to stop sinning? Would that be okay? Is that condemnation? No, that's help. That's right. So say, well, I just need to know who I am in Christ. No, we need to know both. We need to know both who we are in Christ. We need to know what the Lord has done for us, but we also need to know how to live that out. There's two sides to this. There's the spiritual side, the positional side. There's the practical side, the outworking of that. And so when, it, when Paul taught on grace and he tell people how they're justified in Christ, not by works and, and what Roman deals with greatly, he also, in the same context, in connection with that, also told people, hey, that doesn't mean you're supposed to keep sinning. People say, can we just sin that grace may abound? No, you fool. That's stupid. Right? All right, verse 3. Or do you know, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? This is not talking about water baptism here. This is about talking about being put into the body of Christ. All right. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also, we also should walk in newness of life. Everybody say newness of life. Newness. This gives us instruction as to what should characterize our walk 
Remember, we're to walk in unity. We are to walk in love. The Bible says we are to walk in newness of life. That means the thing that characterizes my relationship and my conduct and my walk with the Lord is knowing that I'm not dead, I'm now alive. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, so I have been raised from the dead with him, and I am to walk as a living person, not as a dead person. All right. I mean, that might sound theoretical right now, but I think it'll I think we'll get it as we go along. We are to walk as living beings, as those who have been made alive in Christ. That is quite different than than walking in death. Okay, death is a separation from God. Death is a darkness. Death doesn't know where it's going. But 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 life is completely different. And he says this is the way that we are to walk. So we must understand this because this is called newness of life. This is how you walk. And if I don't know what newness of life is, if I don't know what the life of God is, I'm going to have a difficult time walking in such a way that is worthy of my call. Praise God. I don't want my walk going red. My call is blue. All right. Go, Go back over to Ephesians 4 now. Ephesians 4. Does your walk resemble spiritual death or life? Okay. And the fact that we are told to walk this way, walk which way? In newness of life, that would indicate that it's not automatic. It's not automatic that I'm going to do that. Well, as long as you're saved and know what you have in the Lord, you'll just automatically do that. Then why am I told to do that? I wouldn't be told to do something that was just automatic for me. The indication here is, again, that I'm, there's going to be a, a gravitational pull towards walking in death. That's not coming from the inside. It's coming from my flesh, right? Coming from the unrenewed part of my mind. But there's going to be something that pulls me towards walking goofy, walking in death. That's why I'm told, make sure you learn how to walk in newness of life. Okay. So remember now, whenever you read something like this, this is for you. Say, it's for me. me. Yeah, it's, it's for you to walk in and be reminded of that truth. Now, Ephesians 4, you're there. Uh, this is the same context as the passage we read at the beginning now. Remember that we should walk worthy of the call. He goes into talk about walking in unity. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. He goes into talking about how the Lord has given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, basically to grow up the body of Christ so we wouldn't be children, so we would walk in love with one another. There'd be a supply of the Spirit going to and fro. This is all the context. And then he gets down here to verse 17. He says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. In the futility of their mind. Now that doesn't sound nice at all, does it? It's not. <laughs> not intended to be. He's telling us, he said, in, other, in order for you to have a worthy walk, you need to recognize that you can't walk like these guys. Does that help sometimes? Do this, don't do this. Sometimes you look at the what not to do and you go, oh, Okay, I see that now. And he says, don't walk as the other Gentiles walk. Now, what, what, what does he mean when he says Gentile? Because I would imagine uh, by birth and by blood, probably the majority of us are not Jewish in, in heritage, right? That's not really what he's talking about. How many know in the Old Testament, God moved in the earth 
through a people that he chose, the nation of Israel, through the Jews, right? Other people, maybe you've heard the term Jewish proselyte, all right? In other words, people would become, if they wanted to come in covenant with God back in those days, they would become a Jew. And then they had access to the covenants of God. But the Gentiles didn't. They were outside of the covenants of the, uh, of the Lord. But he's talking to Ephesians here. The Ephesians, that was a Gentile uh, group of people. And in the New Covenant, we don't go that route. We go th- straight through Jesus and we have relationship with the Lord. So when he says, don't walk as the other Gentiles, just think of it like this. He's talking about heathens. He's talking about sinners. He's talking about non-believers, those who are not in covenant with God. He said, don't live like they do. And I think all of us have probably met someone who's not saved. Anybody? (laughs) Okay, we all used to be that person. Maybe you still are that person. But we all know people who are not walking with the Lord. Their walk is totally miscolored. (laughs) Their walk is totally off. And we know what that looks like. So he uses that as an, exa- as an example here. Um, he says, don't walk as other Gentiles walk. Well, how do they walk? He said they walk in the futility of their mind. The futility of their mind. Again, that's not a compliment. That's not saying they are really smart. He's saying really just the opposite. Saying these guys don't have a clue what they're doing. Uh, th- this word actually, futility... Uh, by definition from the Strong's Concordance, it uses this language. Watch. Inutility. I'll come back to that. And uh, um, it says morally, uh, talking about moral depravity. Um, another dictionary, Thayer's, it, it describes it as uh, what is devoid of truth and appropriateness. Their mind is devoid of truth. It's not appropriate. It uses the word perverseness and deprivation. Okay, talking about a low life here, (laughs) talking about someone's mind who is really messed up. He said, I don't want you to act like that. I don't want you to act like these heathens do. They walk in the depravity of their mind. Now, the word there, the word there in utility is not something we probably use a lot, but it basically means to not utilize. What, What is he saying? I don't want you to walk like the unbelievers do because they're not using their brains. That's basically what he's saying. They are not thinking. They are not using their brains. And he said, I don't want you to act like that. Now, that's odd that he would use that. I mean, isn't it, at least in our day, probably in their day too, that most of the time those on the outside accuse us of not using our brains. (laughs) It's almost like if you have faith, if you believe in God, then there's something missing in you. There's something lacking. You're not really a thinker. Otherwise, you wouldn't lift your hands into the, into the air. You wouldn't pray to something that's not seen. But the reality is, it's just the opposite. When someone is not living for and serving God, they are not utilizing their brain. A true thinker will always come to the Lord and realize not only God is real, but He is intervening in the affairs of men. That he has his hand in the earth. That he is working in people's lives. And if you open your eyes for a moment, you can see it. And if you just think, you'd give your life to the Lord. And I know these things only come by revelation. The Spirit draws people. But truly, a real thinker will give their life to the Lord. 
not those who are serving God. Man, they've just checked their brains at the door and they go in like zombies. Man, just the opposite. We're seeing clearly. We're seeing some things that are really there. <laughs> and God is real and has shown himself in our lives. I know uh, you can probably uh, talk to a lot of people who have made some really bad decisions in life. You could probably go to prison today and talk to people about their crime and what, and what got them there. And I bet a lot of them would tell you, you know what, I just really wasn't, I really wasn't thinking. Man, I did this and, this and it was the stupidest thing. I wasn't even thinking clearly. I wasn't thinking straight. It's not putting your trust in walking with the Lord that is, you know, uh, foolish in any regard it is when people leave that mindset and they live as if he's not there and they live as if what he says does not matter that people end up royally messing up their lives and many people have done so on a long term but others have you know they've thrown out relationships they've ruined family relationships they've cut off friendships why because they weren't thinking man what do we mean they weren't they weren't thinking clearly they, they were blinded. Don't you know that that's how deception works? Deception works like a cloud. Man, it's a, it, 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 it gets people to, to think that the wrong thing is the right thing. And, and they really believe it at the moment. You know, I know I've shared this in recent times, but I enjoy sharing it, so I'll share it again. <laughs> but I, I, I analyze sometimes, um, like with food, I analyze how it has a manipulating power over my brain (laughs) to where I'll look at something that I want that's not particularly good for me and not gonna not gonna help me to you know have the right shape (laughs) Uh, you know but I'll look at something and 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 even the larger size and I think about it because at the moment think about huh I really think that's good for me. I really think I should have that. I think, in fact, I think I should have the large <laughs> with whipped cream. Now, in the back of my mind, I know, man, if I have that, I'm going to walk out of here going, oh, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that much. <laughs> I'm going to pay the price for that. But at the moment, it seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> what is that? That's deception. It's my flesh saying, yeah, and it blinds me momentarily to the reality of what I'm doing. You know what I'm talking about? All right, sets the way sin works. People make all kinds of wrong decisions, but at the moment, let's see. Be faithful to my wife or have this affair. Hmm. I'm going to go with the affair. I think that's the right thing to do. I mean, don't people do that? They, they do that all the time. It's happening every day. People know their, their commitment and their family, and they know they're going to lose everything. But at the moment, it just makes more sense just to go with it. What is that called? Well, inutility. <laughs> don't walk as other Gentiles. Don't walk as the unbelievers do that are not thinking clearly. They're not using their minds. Faith is not foolishness. This is, this is something that we need to recognize that we're not, to, we're not to be stupid. Let's look at the next verse, verse 18. It says, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, 
who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now that's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> but think about there. There's a progression almost, almost backwards. Think about how this works. If we were to start at the bottom, notice these people work all uncleanness with greediness. They work all uncleanness with greediness. He's saying this is the mindset. This is the way of the world. I don't want you to walk this way. Don't want you to go down this path. All unclean. Now, what, what's that? Uncleanness very often in the Bible has to do with sexual sin. All right. Jesus would cast out an unclean spirit. A lot of times that had to do with homosexual activity. It's stuff that doesn't make logical sense. But again, in the light of not thinking clearly, things do make sense to people. All right. And you can see that in Ephesians in the work, the works of the flesh as well. But uncleanness and again, greediness. Why do they do that? Why do people end up working this stuff in other words they're doing these things it's the outworking of their life it's because you back up it's because they have given themselves over to lewdness all right not in the current modern day definition but just given themselves over to evil given themselves over to wrong to wrong stuff they've given themselves over to lewdness. well why have they done that well because they are past feeling in other words they don't feel anything anymore that's talking about your conscience Okay, it's talking about when a person can begin to go down the wrong path and it doesn't bother them anymore. You know, like the person who has really calloused hands that works, you know, hard labor type of stuff. And they, their hands get calloused. And I've seen people sitting around with a, part, with a pocket knife carving on their hands. You know, they don't even feel it. It doesn't hurt them because their hands become so calloused because of the work that they do that they don't feel that. And that's okay for your hands needed if you work, you know, in certain ways. But from the inside of you, you never want to be calloused. You, you never want to be covered over like that. He said, but these people, they've, they work all this stuff. Well, because they've given themselves over to it. Well, why? Well, because they're, they've been calloused. They, they, they've gone past feeling. Well, why? Well, because their understanding is darkened. Well, why is their understanding darkened? Well, because they're alienated from the life of God. Why? Well, because they're ignorant. Why? Well, because their hearts are blind. And you can see that this shows us how things happen. What should I focus on? Man, if I don't want to end up giving myself over to things, if I don't want to end up in uncleanness and, and greediness and just basically you could just say sin, I need to start by having a heart that is open and completely wide to let the things of God inside. Come on, say it with me. Say, say it by faith. Say, Father, Father open, open the eyes of my heart. Come on. How many know that's a New Testament prayer right there? You go back to Ephesians 1. He prayed that the eyes of their understanding might be enlightened. Well, why? Because if I don't see it, I'm going to be ignorant. If I'm ignorant, I'll be separated from the life of God. If, I'm, if I do that, my understanding will be darkened. And I'll start callousing over. And I won't feel anything anymore. And if I keep going down that path, I'm going to end up ending up giving myself over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. I think the focus ought to be, if I want to walk right, if I want to live right, because listen again, who's he talking to? Saved people. 
Saved people pointing, talking to saved people, pointing to the world and saying, this is how it works in them. Well, why are you telling me that? I'm like not even in them anymore. I left that life. I'm saved now. I'm walking with the Lord. Obviously for a reason that I could fall in that same trap. I could go down that same pathway. Even though I've been born again, I could severely mess up my life. Does anybody know anyone like that? Maybe you've been down that path as well. But just because you're saved and have eternal life does not mean your life is going to be full of the blessing of God from this day forward. I mean, positionally it is. But on a practical level, we've got to walk these things out. We've got to learn to walk straight. And if my walk is all messed up, my backswing is goofy, and my my wrists are doing something funky, and, and my weight is shifting all over the place, I'm going to lose a lot of balls, even though the Lord loves me. Come on now. Even though I got a nice bag and good good clubs, <laughs> it's going to be all over the place. This uh, this word translated blindness here literally means a, a covering with a callus, a hardening, according to Vines uh, Dictionary. It's a a covering, a callus, a hardening, like we like we can see here, similar to being past feeling. These lifestyles take time. I mean, no, a person doesn't just one day walking with the Lord, everything's good, everything's blue, <laughs> call is blue, the walk is blue, and all of a sudden, just like that, they slip over into a completely wrong lifestyle. Their walk is completely... That doesn't happen. These things happen because a person ignores truth and they give themselves over to sin. You can't just fall into it. Come on. You can't just fall. Again, the Lord is our protection. He'll lead us in the right way. We're not just going to, whoops, all of a sudden one day, I'm just totally off track, going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing. Listen, we make decisions every day. We're making decisions right now. What we're doing with the Word of God. I make decisions to take it serious, to let it be implanted in my heart, to cause my soul, my mind to be saved, to be renewed. I'm making decisions as to what I do with what God says. Or I treat it lightly. I get distracted. I let my life go down the wrong path. And over time, that's when people really get off. They really do. And their walk is totally messed up. But our walk is up to us. He gives us the tools. He gives us the call. He shows us what a good walk looks like and even what a bad walk looks like. But then it's totally up to us what we do with that. Amen. Amen. And again, it doesn't happen instantly, but people give themselves over to the wrong thing. And this is written to believers so they don't fall in the same trap that sinners are already in. Amen. Let's finish up here. Let's read the next couple verses. Verse 20. He said, but you have not so learned Christ. Now, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me in that translation. You have not so learned Christ. Another one says, Philip says, but you, uh, but you have learned nothing like that from Christ. The way the world does. He said, you didn't get that from Jesus. That's not the way he walked. That's not the way he lived. You didn't learn that from him. He said, you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off, everybody say put off, off. concerning your former conduct. In other words, a lot of us, we know what this is like because it used to be our walk. Put off your former conduct, not what's conduct. That's just the way we act. 
the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, put off the way you used to live and start thinking in accordance with who you are in Christ. Start thinking in line with the way Jesus is. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. What is the walk that's worthy of the call? What is the call? It is a call to righteousness and holiness. What is the walk? It is a righteous and holy walk. And if I'm lacking those things, I'm missing the point somewhere. Okay, my, call, my relationship with God is in righteousness and holiness. I'm not trying to be holy. I'm not trying to be righteous. I am. You are. It's not, it's not being a, a braggart. It's not, it's not anything like that. But it is acknowledging what the Lord has already done in us. This is important. We need to see and recognize. Now watch. That our lives are better than they were. I don't ever want to fall into this trap where I start thinking, well, everyone in the earth, we're all the same. Everyone on the planet, we're all equal. No, we're not. That's saying, before I came to Jesus, my life was a certain way, and after I came to Jesus, my life is the same way. No, we should acknowledge and believe that he actually improved us. The new birth actually improved you. You definitely got a major, major upgrade. (laughs) I am better than I was. If you were lost and now you're saved, saved is better. If you were dead but now you're alive, alive is better than dead. Okay? Now, it it might sound if someone doesn't have the right heart, but, you know, I am better than those who are not saved. It's not because of me. It's because of him. But I'm definitely better because he has given me life. Now, when I acknowledge that, it empowers me to live that. If I think I'm good for nothing, if I think I'm a low life, man, my mentality is going to guide my life. That's why he said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And if I think in accordance to who I am in Christ, then I have the ability to walk that way. But if I think, ah, you know, this is hard and I'm just a waste and all this kind of stuff, well, then I'm naturally going to live out a low level of life. Hmm. Praise God. But he wants us not only to see what we have in him, but to, to then know that his life in us empowers us and gives us the ability to walk right. You can do it. Someone said, man, I've struggled and I've tried. Usually it's because we're trying in our own strength. There is a strength that you can tap into. It's an ability of God that will propel you forward. It will sustain you. It'll uphold you. It will propel you into a life that you've never known. And it is, it is the walk of Jesus. You can do it. You can walk just like him. You can walk worthy of the high call of God in Christ. Come on, say it with me. I can do it. I can can walk this walk. I can can live for Him. him. Amen. Amen. Father, we're so thankful today for Your great grace. Thankful for Your forgiveness and love. Thankful for Your mercy. Lord, that You you sustain us and You enable us to walk on a level on a level that is of you. Thankful today we are 
that we can walk in accordance with the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, you've empowered us and you've enabled us. And Lord, we take the challenge. We can do this by your spirit and by your grace. We will not fall. We'll not ignore what you've said. We'll not ignore what you're saying to us on the inside. But we purpose to listen and to obey, to do everything that you have said. Lord, we give you thanks for this. We praise you now. Thank you for the victory. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the victory. We are well able to overcome. We are well able to overcome in this time and in this life. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.